I believe very, very strongly in this. There are very few things that our listeners can do to enhance their life with more clarity and blessings and joy than to actively pursue this form of surrender. Surrender that says not just, oh, it's happening, so I'll surrender to it, but this is the most beautiful, perfect thing to be happening. Welcome to Spiritually Hungry. We're excited to spend this time with you. Little pause in your holiday frenzy. Yes, and we know I know we, that time is of the essence, so we won't spend too much time. But I think it's important to give a little bit of consciousness while for people those, are on their vacation or away from work. For those of you not following, that is Michael indicating that we will be doing a shorter episode today. All right, I'll just get into it then. I want to share a story about a woman named Jill Scherer Murray. She's a journalist. Can you see that again? <laughs> I want to share a story about a woman named Jill Scherer Murray. <laughs> One more time. Are you making fun of me? Yes. I'm not making fun of me. I'm enjoying. Okay. She's What's a journalist. What's her name? Jill. Jill what? Murray. <laughs> <laughs> What's her middle name? Okay, Mike. She's a journalist who was in a dead-end relationship of 12 years. After 12 years, you would think they were going somewhere, and perhaps on the surface it appeared that they were. When her boyfriend repeatedly dismissed the topic of marriage and neglected boyfriend to show up. Boyfriend for 12 years? That's a long time. Oh. Well, works for some people. Neglected to show up at the, to view the condo that Jill was interested in purchasing, she realized something pivotal. She needed to let go. She had to let go of fear, waiting for life to hand her what she wanted, accepting a partner who gave her less than she deserved. And many people, I think, can relate to this. She had to let go of all these things before she could move on. But when she finally did, a new life, the one destined for her, began to open up. She moved to a new city, got a new job. She met a man online who would become her husband a year later. She describes knowing he was her person just after four dates. After a lot of reflection, Jill boiled her success down to letting go of the following five things. I thought this was interesting because this is exactly what I did and it's exactly my list. The first, taking things personally. And that is number one, by the way. Two, letting go of what others think. That is also way up there of needing to be perfect. Does this not sound just like me? Of trying... Well, the older version. The older version. You are, you are the not a perfected version of yourself. No, I'm the unperfected, the perfected anymore. version. Exactly. Four, of trying to be something you're not good at. And five, waiting for the time to be right. So I just want to read them again. Taking things personally, letting go of what others think, of needing to be perfect, of trying to be something you're not good at, waiting for the time to be right. Letting go created space in her life for things she truly wanted. It helped her to get present and allowed her to show up in every area of her life as the full, authentic self. Suddenly, all the things she had deeply wanted, a committed, a committed partnership, the career of her dreams, physical health, all began manifesting in her reality. So this is really the formula for reaching your potential. Like This is the step-by-step. Step. And again, it's what I did years ago because I was I felt so... I guess stuck. I mean, even though there's a lot of movement in my life and I was by, I think anybody's view from the outside, kind of like probably how people viewed her 12 year relationship, right? It looked great doing things, achieving things and purposeful things, but it's different operating from this space where you really have this internal freedom. And she points out something I thought was really interesting in her Ted talk. She did a TEDx talk. Letting go of these things wasn't one and done kind of situation. She's continuously working on letting go of each of these things every single day. And that's the other thing, the feedback I've gotten. And I, I've heard this twice about myself in the last year or so. So I'm trying to give more thought to it. I think I get really passionate when I speak about these kinds of things 
publicly and I and I make it sound really simple. And I do that because I think people make things too difficult, right? But I don't want to sound like, oh, you know, you just do it like that. And it's easy. It's not easy. It's a choice you make day in and day out. And perhaps my favorite quote from her talk was this. It's so good. When you get clear on something you really want, whatever that is, let go for it. Interesting. Isn't it? Interesting. Because it sounds counterintuitive. When we decide we want something, what do we usually do? We think about holding on. But what does on. that mean practically? So I don't understand, but, but explain what that means, it means practically. You, you, so it means understanding that whatever we want, we have to make room for. And that usually means of letting go of some things first. So not letting go of that goal, but letting go of other all things. The other things all the other things, all the other noise. And part of that sense. is what's on the five, the five things, right? If you're so busy trying to be a perfectionist, let go of that. If you're so busy thinking about what people think of you and having that be the narrative in your mind, let go of that. By letting go of these things, you create space for the things that are truly important. And I think what I would add to that is that, like you said, there there are certain times in life when you're making a big decision or um, making a big goal, right? I think as powerful, if not more powerful, is the daily letting go. Meaning, every day there are big and small things that happen that aren't necessarily what we would have chosen or what we would have planned for that day. And in truth, the greatest light is found in those moments that we let go of what we thought that minute or hour or day was going to look like and embrace what is. And that, and, and if I can share a story that just happened to me yesterday. And I've shared. I know Monica really likes this, but so because I think well, it depends what the story is and who's going to look good in it. <laughs> <laughs> I won't. I won't share the part that makes you not look so uh-huh. good. <laughs> I actually, I think I stepped up. You would not yeah, take yeah, my offer. Not, I, I was not thinking that at all until you brought it up. Thanks for reminding me. Sure. But I think my point is, I think sometimes when we when we talk about big, like I said, big goals, people think, oh, you know, when I'm deciding on a new career, deciding to move to a new city, that's when I have to apply the concept or, or the action of letting go, but I think it's literally a daily practice. So, story is that yesterday, yesterday is a day that I was very much looking forward to. In the morning, there's a morning connection that we do every single morning, and um, this one is particularly one in the whole year that I look forward to. By the way, you didn't say any of that. Of course morning. not. I wasn't going to tell you any well, of that. Well, you should have. And anyway, I wasn't even going to mention you in the, the story, way, I totally but now... stepped up. Yeah, I you did. definitely did. So then... <laughs> Well, it's so the the connections start at seven thirty, and um, six thirty we wake up, and we realize there's nobody to take Abigail to school. Our youngest daughter, her school starts at eight. You have to drop her off at eight, which means that if that if I was going to do it, I would be an hour or so late to my morning connection. So I go back and forth. Long story short, I say, you know, I'll do it. I'll I'll take Abigail to school. And again, in my mind, part this is part of the true spiritual work. It is embracing the the moments that were not your plan. And I'll just share, again, that I really enjoy the car ride with Abigail. I learned many, many important things. But maybe more important than that, because I really embrace that as the perfect situation, not something that I'll accept or surrender to because it's happening, but actually embrace it as the most perfect thing that can be happening to me in that moment. Then when I came an hour late for the morning connection, and meditation, I actually had a, an amazing experience. And I strongly believe that it, it is the effect of not just the, you know, the word surrender can mean different things, like martyrdom of surrender, like, you know, I'm a martyr, and so I'm surrendering. No, 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 no. 
embracing this surrender as the most beautiful and powerful and perfect thing to be happening. So, to our listeners, what, I, what I'm saying is that if you want to have the best day, if you want to have the best week, the best month, the best life, surrender often. Often. Find the moments that are not happening as you would want them to happen, and not just surrender to them, but really start viewing them. And this has to be a daily practice for it to actually become our natural state of being. But when you literally embrace it as this is the most perfect situation. Exactly. And I'm going to give some tips now to help all of our listeners get there, because it is a daily choice, but in that moment, it's very hard. And you, you know, even you struggled for just a second when you woke up in the morning. So I want to... Notice I didn't share anything about you in that story. Uh-huh. That's right. I offered... Well, just leave it to the imagination uh-huh. of our listeners. No, it's going to be so much worse. So I want to pose two questions to our listeners. Oh, I, I This is something I actually... I've shared this story before, over the past 24 hours. But the one thing I didn't share is that 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 day we actually had an event, a two-hour event. Whether we three were, hour. <laughs> it turned out to be a three-hour event where we were speaking and, and sharing. And and literally in that, after I made that decision that I was going to not only drop off Abigail, but also just embrace it fully, I literally got a download of exactly what I need to share on that day. And I, at 6.30 in the morning, half asleep, I made a voice note. I believe very, very strongly in this. There, there are very few things that our listeners can do to enhance their life with more clarity and blessings and joy than to actively pursue this form of surrender. Surrender that says, not just, oh, it's happening, so I'll surrender to it, but this is the most beautiful, perfect thing to be happening. So I want to pose two questions to our listeners. What do you want, and what do you need to let go of in order to get it? So when we say let go, and you kind of alluded to this about surrendering, it's important to note that we're not talking about releasing external elements of life. It's really about having a freedom and joy to experience everything that's been intended for you to enjoy, and that letting go has to start from within. So there's five points that Jill actually talked about in her talk, and I want you to think about what these have in common. They're Me all, or our listeners? Well, all of you. <laughs> You're the only one I can hear right now. So they're all basically examples of us trying to be in control of things that are inherently out of our control, which, by the way, everything is out of our control. So I've been thinking about the way control shows up in the lexicon in our lives. Consider the following use of the word control. Damage control, crowd control, mind control. Or these, control freak, out of control, get control of yourself, beyond control. Don't they sound negative? Is that what you're saying? I think they sound pretty negative. I'm sure you can find positive quotes of control. Mm. Love control. I don't know. <laughs> Ew, what? Slave, master, what? <laughs> no, I'm sure there are. Anyway, what's, what's so the point? So the point is, I want to, I want, because the point is, when we all seek security, right? And I think that gets misunderstood for, okay, if I need security, then I need to feel safe. If I need to feel safe, then I need to control all of the variables, all of everything around me. Which is so, impossible. What's that? Which is impossible. Impossible, but still people go after it. So what do we actually have control over and what's not within our control? So, and again, we've said this, but I think that if everybody could just think about all the things they're trying to gain control of in their life right now, and then pause and really reframe it, and imagine that you had absolutely no influence over any of that. The only thing left to do is choose your response to what's happening. Of course, we'll make plans. There's, of course, on the 1%, there's 101 things we can do. But it's really about knowing that it's an impossibility. 
And I was thinking about this. So if control is impossible, then what are your options, right? Like fear is not an option. I think when you, when let's say control is no longer an option, then your brain starts to think about other things. So imagine a ship is sinking and a person now is drowning and then a raft, they find a raft that's come off the ship and they cling to it. Now, is there still the unknown that they're going to survive or not? Yes. Will the raft hold them? Who knows? But at that point, what is your option, right? The, the ship has sunk. And now you're so grateful for this raft that you found because it's the only option. It's the option in front of you. So I think that if we can kind of navigate through life in that way, right? It's not that this is maybe the best or I know it's going to work, but it's about going to places that support you in feeling like you're making change. That's a very, I think, very practical and important first step. I would just say that the place you eventually want to get to is where it becomes literally your second nature to embrace the the surprises of life. Well, a thousand percent. But I think that, again, a few things have to happen because it's very hard to do that. It's practice, 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 practice. I think we spend a lot of mental energy thinking about the worst case scenarios in life, and we don't give a lot of thought to the best case scenarios, right? So I think it's not just, I think it's how we set ourselves up before we're in that situation where we're like, the last thing we want to do is let go, right? It's that each day changing the way you see life. Right. And I think and, and I think what we're suggesting here, what we're sharing with our listeners, is that the way to do that is find five to ten times a day that you're surrendering to the perfect situation, right? The coffee you just bought spilled all over you. The uh, Your friend just gave you, you know, sort of some news you didn't want to hear, and so on and so forth, right? I think it's, it's that daily living with surrender. But again, going back but you to... you have to really want it, though. It reminds me, remember that friend well, of ours in, who we were with in the summer, and she asked us, we were giving a talk, and she brought up this idea, like, I want to be spiritual in the moment. I want to have certainty. I want to trust... But to be honest, I like control much more, like the way that feels. And she was really struggling with, she understood this in her soul that she wanted to get there, but her mind and every other part of her was like, no, I love control. And then I don't know if you remember the rest of that story, but she was leaving the next day to fly back to the States and the elevator was taking a really long time. So the bellman that helped her said, I'll take your luggage down and and you can take the stairs or a different elevator because that was just not, they couldn't fit in there. So she did and she gets to the lobby and she's waiting for him and waiting for him and he hasn't come. And then she realized that he was stuck in the elevator with all of her luggage. So I, I would have felt grateful that I wasn't in the elevator. That would have been my response. But for her, she got really upset in the moment because it wasn't according to her plan, right? She wanted her luggage to go with her. She wanted to take it. And she and she recognized we had just had the conversation 24 hours before. Miraculously, and this poor guy was stuck in there for about an hour and a half, by the way, she had to go to the airport and someone said, you know what? Don't worry. I'm on the next flight. I can take your luggage with me. I'm coming to New York anyway. It's all set. And then, so she went to the airport. She didn't have any luggage check-in, nothing to wait for when she landed. And then she realized like, wow, when I really let go of it should go the way that I intended, then really miraculous things can occur. Absolutely. And I think... But my point of that before the amazing ending of the story is that I think it's nature, right? Like we all want to get to this place. Sure. Who doesn't want to feel that freedom that we're talking about? I'm actually, I'm sure there are people who, who aren't in this direction at all, but yes. Yes. Well, I think if you're listening to Spiritually spiritually Hungry, yeah. yeah. You're listening to our podcast. But but even those that are spiritually awakened, it's just it's it's an uncomfortable process at first. And then it's the the greatest freedom you'll ever know when you get there. Exactly. That's what I was going to say is that 
I really hope that our listeners accept this. There are very few changes that you can make in life that will reap as much benefit for your happiness, for your blessings, for your clarity, than actively practicing this type of surrender. And also, sometimes we hold on to things that don't serve us, and negative feelings and behaviors like control, because somehow they actually do serve us. We might hold on to that because it feels too vulnerable at first to put yourself out there like that. Of well, course, it's an illusion. But again, it's like I think back to I think back to the time in our lives when after I had Josh, I was so terrified that I would have another child born with a disability that I I was terrified. All I could do was imagine things like that happening again. And I was pregnant three months later with our daughter, but. I remember, and we've had this conversation, like I, I said, you know, what if lightning strikes again? And you're like, oh, that never happens twice. And I was like, okay, Mr. Google, let's see. And it was like eight times one person got struck by lightning. And I kept chasing for this negative like proof, right? And then I realized, why am I doing that? And I was choosing it because it, it became very obvious to me. My point is sometimes we choose these kinds of situations. And we're not really willing to let go because what, how is that serving me in that moment was, if I was waiting for lightning to strike again, I would never feel like I did the day I found out about his diagnosis, which was a few hours after his birth. It wasn't so much how he came into the world. It was that feeling I felt like the rug was pulled out from beneath me. I never wanted to feel that again. So I thought, okay, if I mentally prepare myself and I'm like ready for something bad to happen or something I don't desire, because it wasn't bad ultimately, then I'll be able to handle it. And then I realized, then once I caught that thought, then I was able to let go of my need for control. And then I never thought about that again of lightning. And, you know, I didn't wait for something bad. I, I let go of that fully. So I think for all of us, if you're in this loop of the need for control, even though you ultimately want to let go, but you don't, you, you won't, how is it serving you, even if it's something that's negative? Yeah. Oh, what I was going to say is that it's predicated on a fallacy, right? I mean, you know, in theory, it would be great if a person could control everything, right? Well, in yeah. theory, I, I mean, it's spiritual never, it's be never going to happen, right? Anyway, it's not; but... it's just impossible, right? So, in, and and I think you also want to ask yourself the question: Why is the world set up in such a way where an individual can never, again, on, on the most mundane level, right? If you want bread tomorrow, that you can't control that. You have to make sure that the farmer farmed well, that the wheat got sent, that the, the flour got made, that the bread was baked and that it was delivered to the store the that you're able to buy it. I mean, you're talking about thousands of people. There's a famous video online where you things can see that could go wrong. where a pencil, you need, you need literally thousands and thousands of people to be able to get a pencil to use. So it's it, fascinating. Yeah, it's actually a very interesting, a very interesting. I'd like I, to see that. I believe it, if I'm, I could be wrong, but I think a very famous economist, I don't want to say his name because I might have it wrong, sort of, I think from the 70s or the 80s, 1970s, 1980s. But the point is, so really ask yourself the philosophical question, why is it that we're, our world is created in such a way where it's literally, literally impossible for you to control anything about your life? Literally impossible. Because that's not where we're here. We're here to surrender to a much more powerful and ultimately much better life. And you have to learn that surrender in order to be, really to be able to access it. And that's the point. The point is, life is going to happen to you one way or the other how you journey through life will be completely different if you're actively both pursuing and practicing these daily, daily actions of surrender. And I think both of us can attest to this in, in, in our own lives, that 
you know, what happens happens, but how we both receive it and embrace it be the smaller, the greater surprises in life. Living in this way where you're constantly practicing and elevating from one level of ability to surrender to the other makes life much more fulfilling. And I think if this gives our our listeners any kind of solace is that know that you've done this before. What we're asking you to do this letting go, you've done this before, maybe you just don't remember it. So you've trusted yourself, you've let go, you've survived, and not only survived, you've thrived. So if you think back to learning how to ride a bike, now I understand some may never not know how to ride a bike, but just take that time in your life. Where you're I learning. remember when I learned to ride I a bike. I absolutely remember. Really? Absolutely. My cousin Should taught me. I was in Louisiana. I remember exactly. I remember when he let go and I took off. Yes, I remember. But I love this analogy because if you think about, if you think about riding a bike, whether it's your father or your cousin, whoever let go and you took off, it was scary. You're wobbling, probably fell a few times, you got back on again. But then once you got the hang of it, you went faster and it was smoother and then it was exhilarating and you felt free and you felt strong. I mean, that is what we're asking you to do in every part of your life. So you've done this before. You may not have remembered because it didn't feel as scary as it does now. You didn't feel like you needed to hold the handlebars as much as you do now, but we've all done it. So trust that and just lean into it. Beautiful. Beautiful. So this is a good time actually for our listeners to be practicing surrender, whether you're traveling or whether you're with family or uh, a loved one. I'm sure there are things happening during this holiday season that are not necessarily uh, written in your itinerary. This is the perfect time to practice it. And as I think, as we both shared, this is one of the most important skills that you can develop in your life to make your life actually what it's meant to be. And I just want at one point to be clear, to unlock the clarity that you need and want, to unlock the blessings that you're meant to have, this is the only path. So, in conclusion, for me, letting go is the essence of freedom itself. All that energy, we spend time worrying, ruminating, second-guessing ourselves, stressing, feeling anxious, is now free. It's free to use that energy to pursue any passion you want. Because you don't want to, you're going to have those feelings, but convert that energy to something much greater. I'm free to not worry about what others think of me. I'm free to know that I made the best decision I could at the time, and I made it. I'm free to know that the worst that happens, that if the worst happens, I'm capable of handling it. And then, you know, to what you said, the word surrender or phrase letting go suggests that by giving up, we give something away. But surrender can be something quite the opposite. It's really true freedom. It's really true freedom. And you worry so much less. Because what is there to worry about? (laughs) You have no idea anyway. No, I know, but... Absolutely. So, this is also a time that we... Are you tired? You look tired. That's not nice. Are you? I'm not tired at all. Oh, sure. I am. I don't think I've ever felt so I'm tired as a I liar. Feel. Now you're not only tired, but you're also a liar. <laughs> uh, no, I'm not tired. Um, so maybe bored. <laughs> Your eyes. Look that is so inappropriate. I am not bored at all. I don't think I've ever been less bored in my life. <laughs> liar. <laughs> this took a turn. <laughs> I feel bad. This, is not, this can't be the nose with which we leave our listeners into their holidays and vacations. I, I just don't want to stop. Okay. <laughs> the, who was it? The, the, um, there was the, the talk show host who would always often end his uh, interviews with an awkward moment of silence. Oh, who was that? Uh, what's it? He was on CBS here. What's his name? He was... You sort of, so you brought up so many fun things I want to watch. Can we look at that too? Yeah. You can. I love I, that. I've I think that's it. so inspiring. Did you do that on purpose? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He would say, he would give two options. We can do this, or we can end with an awkward moment of silence. I love that. I think I need a, like a phrase like that. Uh, Craig Ferguson, that's who it was. Let's watch it. <laughs> I've seen it many times. 
Well, hey, I should have a fun way to like end conversations. I like no, that. Isn't that an awkward moment of silence? Yeah, I think I'll start using that like just in conversations. <laughs> Say bye. <laughs> well, you can't, no, no, it's not bye. You have to, I think you have to announce. We're going to spend five seconds. I think, I should, I think that should be my sign off. Like fun. even when I get off phone calls. <laughs> you have to stay on the call though for five seconds. Five seconds. Yes. <laughs> well, the first part of this podcast, I hope, was very uh, meaningful to our listeners. I'm not sure is, about the last few seconds. Very, this is me letting it go, letting there, all of it go. <laughs> please, now See, that now you, you look entertained, time, I am, I'm I got a new, I got a new face. <laughs> Send letters, comments, questions, stories, inspirations to Monica and Michael at spirituallyhungry.life as we enter into 2024 with more. Wow, yes, it's coming. Make sure that you send all of your questions, comments, stories, inspirations to Monica and Michael at spirituallyhungry.life. We are inspired by them. We will share them with our listeners coming into this new year. And as always, we hope you enjoyed at least the first part of this podcast awesome. as much as we enjoyed recording it. Stay spiritually hungry.